Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Chris Free Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber, along with my good friend and co-host, Gautam Krishnaya. It's great to be with you tonight as we are with you every night, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on these networks. The beautiful game. We talk about it every weeknight, Kartik. This week, we've had the kickoff of the Champions League. We are uh, coming into the sixth match day of the Premier League, and now we're starting to develop some really interesting storylines. Yeah, I think uh, today, in particular, PSG, uh, Thomas Tuchel needed a resounding performance. I think the ownership needed a victory. We talked about this yesterday, uh, Nick. They got it. They got both. Uh, one of the best performances I've seen in the group stage of the Champions League in recent years, uh, given the level of opposition, given the circumstances, given the pressure. So, uh, And that was without Neymar. Uh, PSG, uh, they, they don't really have to worry about their domestic league, although uh, there is some thought that Leon could push them close this year. Um, but what a performance. What a terrific performance. We're going to talk about the Champions League, of course. We're also going to talk about the Premier League, where there are a couple of really nice-looking fixtures this weekend. 800-878-7529. If you have something to say, we would love to hear from you. Or you can find us on Twitter, at Fifth Street Sports. Facebook is at Fifth Street Sports Talk. Uh, that's where you will find us, and we can continue the chat. By the way, I'd like to say hello to Kerry, who's listening somewhere in... Las Vegas, and I am coming to you live from Dalton, Georgia. Kartik, you are live from Florida. I'm usually in our home studio in Las Vegas, but I'm traveling around. And I can tell you, folks, if you're ever in Dalton, don't eat at the Chili's. My goodness. I think it's considered fine dining here, but I'm going to recommend highly against it. All right, uh, Champions League, Premier League. Plus, we're going to just congratulate me some more. It's going to be a complete show of... It's a show where we're going to just lord and praise me and my incredible picks as once again I've managed to get it right with today's PSG match and their home win against Real Madrid. Were Real Madrid that bad? Were PSG that good? Why don't we talk about that after the break? This is Fifth Street Soccer. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. And if you're listening on one of our many digital platforms, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app. Or listening to us on our podcast at the Believe Podcast Network. We welcome you to the show. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to Street Soccer. Nick Eber and Kartik Krishna with you. We're with you each and every weeknight, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Kartik, let's get right to the Champions League, shall we? Look, uh, you and I talked about the match day, uh, match day two in the Champions League, which was. Uh, the uh, the matches that took place on Wednesday. Um, interestingly enough, Carter, you and I had some pretty good picks. I would say about the only one that we got, I would say radically wrong, was the uh, Zagreb-Atalanta. I think we said that was going to be a draw or a score draw. Uh, the Bruges-Galatasaray, we, we were loath to make an opinion about that. Uh, PSG-Real Madrid, I think we both had 2-1 as the scoreline. That ended as 3-0. Um, you know, I was asked to make a prediction for the Tottenham Olympiacos match, and, and, and I said, 
that you know I'm loath to make any prediction about Tottenham Hotspur because you just don't know which team is going to show up. And uh, now it's getting even worse. Now it's you don't know which te- which team's going to come out of the locker room at which half. As this was really a- an awful capitulation by Spurs, Kartik. Yeah, actually, I think we don't both did pick Zagreb to beat Atalanta. We just thought I remember describing oh, it saying Atalanta played an open style, uh, and I thought they'd get a goal or two, but Zagreb might get two or three. As it turns out, Zagreb got four, and Atalanta didn't get any. So. Uh, while we did pick Zagreb to win, we thought it would be much more competitive. Uh, on Spurs, I I, I don't know. I, I just – there's something wrong. We talked about this – we've talked about this a couple times in the last few weeks. There is, I think, um, a – a malaise that's that that's uh, broken into Spurs. Now this happened last season too in the in the first knockout in the first group stage match where they had a a one nil lead at Inter and they gave up two goals very late. Um, and I think that that's happened again this time. Um, you know, two goals after after they were two goals to the good. Uh, I I'm not saying they're going to get back to the final, but I just think it's one of these things where. Spurs now are showing a tendency to start slow in the Champions League. They did a few seasons ago also. Uh, I remember, I, I want to say Bayer Leverkusen beat them in the first match day. And uh, uh, what ended up happening is Leverkusen and, and Monaco came out of that group and, and Spurs didn't get out. Uh, this group isn't as difficult that they're in this year, although <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've seen Olympiacos get out of group stages before. So, yeah, may, maybe they're in a hole now. Well, in a whole, I mean, look, if if you just, just deal with the Premier League for a minute, because we're talking about Spurs in totality, not just their, their performance in the Champions League, because what we saw in the Champions League is very similar to what we've seen from Spurs in the Premier League. They were on an absolute flyer, Kartik, until the 23rd of February, 2019. I mean, that is when the wheels came off the Spurs bus. They lost away at Burnley 2-1 in the 15 matches in the Premier League between the 23rd of February of 2019 and this last week. Spurs have won a sum total of three Premier League matches out of 15. This isn't just a function of the wheels coming off the bus, Kartik. This team has been in a meltdown all year. Yeah, but I think part of it had to do, quite honestly, with the fact that Spurs had more guys play at the latter stages of the World Cup than any cl- uh, club in, in, in world football uh, in the 2018 World Cup. So that, and they were still alive in Europe, and they got to the final. I think there were a lot of reasons, and they're not a very deep squad. They didn't have... Uh, the resources that Arsenal and, and Chelsea, two clubs near them, have, and, and certainly not that Liverpool, United, or City have. So I uh, I think there were some justifications for what happened at the end of last season, particularly away from home. If you look at the number of players that they had playing for England and and the Netherlands and 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 uh, uh, France, uh, etc., you know, nations had advanced deep in the World Cup. Um, but they uh, this season, starting the way they have, is is, is much more disconcerting to me. Um, because I had chalked it up to that, uh, to that, to that exhaustion factor. You know, when guys don't really have a break, right? Uh, because they play through the summer. Uh, this summer they didn't have that problem. Uh, 
and they just look don't look very fresh. I mean, they just don't look very good. And now Lo Celso, um, big signing, has gotten injured. Uh, uh, well, and I don't. Well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You but, don't but, know what you're going to get good performances from guys, right? Other than hold Son on, and Kane, you don't really know what you're going to get from anyone else on that team. I'm looking at some historical numbers here for Tottenham, Kartik, and, and, and I like to do this because, you know, I I, I feel like I am almost a, a doctor of a doctor of footballology, and I have a patient in front of me, and I'm trying to diagnose what the problem is. And so Tottenham have come to me, and, and don't worry, Tottenham, I'm not going to make you turn your head and cough. Um, but let's go back to two seasons, to 2017, okay? Between match day one and match day 38, the Tottenham lost, what, one, two, three, four, five, seven games that entire season. Then you go to 2018, 2019, they continued that absolutely blinding form up until the 26th of February, 2019. I mean, what happened for the previous two years, Kartik, that they were barely you losing a match in the Premier League when all of a sudden they just, they've won five games or four games and 15 in the Premier League? Yeah, but I, I just mentioned, they, th- those guys, you're, you're, you're talking about the two seasons that bracketed that World Cup. Where they had more, I know Liverpool won the Champions League. I know Manchester City won the Premier League. I know Bayern won the Bundesliga. I know uh, Barcelona won La Liga. None of those clubs had as many guys play important roles uh, at the latter stage of the World Cup as Tottenham Hotspur did. So Spurs had really good form going into the World Cup. Those guys played an entire summer, most of those guys. Um, And then they then picked up where they left off and ran out of gas in February. That's my explanation. For that. Now, the start of this season, though, there's something not right in the dressing room. A lot of those guys who start in that World Cup now want away. I, I think, obviously, we know Ericsson has, wants away. We know uh, Vertonghen, there's something not right there. We know Aldo Rorel is not going to resign. Those, both, both those guys made it all the way to the, uh, what, the, the semifinals. Um, we know uh, Son, while he's, he's still performing, is a guy that, you know, probably wants to get to a bigger club or a club that's, I should say a bigger club. The issue with Spurs is they have a very strict wage um, regime that they, they implement, which is good in a way because they'll never have an Alexis Sanchez situation or a Mets Ozil situation where they're paying a guy 400K a week to be a part-time player. Or in Sanchez's case, he wasn't a part-time player at the end at, at, at Manchester United. But the downside is, Nobody, unless you're emotionally tied to the club like Harry Kane is, is going to want to stay there forever. Once those guys are stars in World Cups, once those guys are stars in Champions Leagues, once those guys are stars uh, in the Premier League, they're going to want to move on. And I think I've named five or six players just now that want to move on. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. So let me ask you this. What about if United or let's say what about if United come in for Harry Kane? Does he go? I mean, is that an upgrade Maybe, because they'll pay him twice as much. I mean, I, I, I think this is forgotten often about Spurs. They're very cheap. And it's not just people say, oh, they didn't, they didn't buy players, right? They went two straight windows without buying players. It's not just that. It's their wage bill is significantly lower than the other top six clubs. I mean, it's amazing. They keep finishing ahead of Arsenal every season. We're paying maybe like 70% yeah. or 60% of the wages that Arsenal pays. So that says a lot about Pochettino. 
probably also uh, positively about Pochettino probably says a lot negatively about Arsenal also. Well, it's an interesting uh, situation, but uh, to go back to the game, because we got a minute left, um, this prediction, we said, don't know which Spurs team's going to show up. And uh, in many respects, I guess the Spurs team since February 2019 is the one that's that showed up, uh, the one that's not very good, uh, has very little gumption, uh, and managed to give up two gold lead. Uh, very quickly, uh, we, I said City were going to beat Shakhtar. You said a draw. I got that one right. A nice comeback yeah. from Atleti. Uh, 2-2 with Juve, although... What a comeback. What a comeback. And, of course, uh, Locomotive Moscow go to Germany and beat by Leverkusen. Uh, All right. uh, I guess we've got to go to break. That's what the music is telling me. It's telling me, Nick, shut up. So I'll do that. So Carter and I will be back after the break. In the meantime, find us on Twitter at Fifth Street Sports or Facebook at Fifth Street Sports Talk. All right. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to Street Soccer. Nick Kartik with you. Uh, last segment, we talked a little Champions League football. Let's get on it, though, because uh, we have a full slate of matches in the English Premier League uh, coming up. Before we do, Kartik, actually, I'd like to read this uh, little um, uh, piece that was sent to us by uh, Ray Orozco on our Facebook page. He says, uh, quote, don't tell MLS fan fans, uh, don't tell the MLS fan this week has been a phenomenal week of European football. It really shows the competitive nature of the beautiful game. You had City losing, Liverpool losing to Napoli, Barcelona and Dortmund tie, and you had the new money PSG beat the old money club team in Madrid. Um, it is really almost um, a script out of a uh, out of a sports movie, the sort of storylines that we've had this early on in the season. Yeah, I think there's been some some tremendous storylines. I mean, the very first day of the uh, of the European club season, uh, or I guess it wasn't the first day. Sorry, to, because the Premier League and, and uh, Liga had started the previous week. But very first day, Barcelona lost stunningly, and Bayern Munich drew uh, uh, in 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 a shocking result at home at the Allianz. Now, if you listen to the MLS fans. They claim there's no competition in any of these European leagues, right? It's always dominated by the top clubs and that uh, MLS is much more competitive. And if I throw out something like uh, talk about the Bayern result or the Barcelona result, uh, they quickly change the subject. They're really not aware of what's going on on a weekly basis in Europe. So, uh, yeah, that, those myopic MLS fans, and I'm not saying all MLS fans are like that, but there, there are a lot of MLS fans that populate social media, Nick, who consistently make these sorts of arguments. So, uh, re, uh, you know, I mentioned Barcelona losing. I mentioned Bayern has now dropped points in two matches this season. They have two draws early in the season. And, and you talk about uh, Borussia Dortmund getting shocked by a newly promoted team in Union Berlin. That was stunning. Then the very next week, uh, 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 Manchester City drops, uh, you know, loses uh, to a newly promoted team. It, it, it's uh, PSG has dropped points. Uh, it, what I mentioned earlier, how great PSG was today, but said, hey, they might be more of a fight for the title this year than they've been the last few years because uh, obviously Monaco snuck in and won the league one year. But other than that season, because they've dropped a lot of points already and lay, uh, by their standards, and Lyon looks a very good team. So um, this myth 
uh, this this kind of propaganda piece that's been perpetuated by uh, pro MLS people, uh, many of whom are not objective, many of whom, quite frankly, I think um, they they have their own agenda in doing this. I, I don't want to get too deep into that and 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 impugn individual people's motives, but um, they oh, have. Go ahead. go right ahead. I like that. <laughs> impugn away. No, but they have. They have an agenda in trying to say European football is predictable and it is stale and we, pro- we produce a more competitive product. So because they know you're going to put – if you put well, an MLS on. team but out there, it, they're never going to be as entertaining as Liverpool. They're never going to be as entertaining as Barcelona. They're never going to be as entertaining as Juventus. So they have to then make these other arguments, which are, well, you know, our teams may not be as good as Juventus or, 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 or Napoli or whoever, but our games are more competitive. You know, uh, our top well, hold teams on, hold on, hold on, lose hold on, more hold games on. than Juventus so, loses, right? Because they're in a much more competitive league. And, and you know, they come up with all not, these you know, comparing sort of apples and apples, uh, Kartik. Right. These I mean, that's a stupid argument. Things. I mean, yeah. can't you find right. a high school? I mean, go find some high school soccer where you've got evenly matched teams and you can say it's a more competitive league. I mean, that's ridiculous. Look, here's how this works. And unfortunately, most of these fans haven't been around long enough as fans to really understand this. Yeah, Football is cyclical. The teams that are huge and big and, and monolithic today haven't always been that way. Right. There's been, you know periods where they've been struggling they've been periods where they've been dominating and while they're at the top what that does is that forces all the teams that have visions and delusions of grandeur beneath them to invest in players to invest in infrastructure to invest in their football operations so that they can compete and and ultimately over time they will win look you can just go back and say okay you got these monolithic teams like Chelsea. Well, most of these fans don't remember 2000 when Chelsea was going bankrupt. Yeah, Manchester uh, City were a joke in the last few seasons. I, I, seriously, thank you. I mean, they 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 say the same teams dominate uh, all the time. AC Milan were the dominant team in in world football in the late 80s. They were a dominant team in the 2000s under Carlo Ancelotti. They can't even qualify for Europe anymore. The last few seasons, Liverpool and if they do, they sneak into the Europa title. League. They, they haven't been in the Champions League in years. So this nonsense that it's always the same teams winning everything is just—it's complete bunk. I, I, you know, they, they just don't, they don't have any historical perspective, Nick. No, and I don't. think MLS appeals to a lot of fans without historical perspective as they sure. tear down history, the little history of, of soccer that we have in the United States. It's not comparable to Europe, the, our, our club and uh, and, and actually, history. you know, but. What? Speaking of what? which, speaking of which, if yeah. I can, if I can digress, I mean, and we're a bit all over the place. Don't worry, folks. We'll do our match by match breakdown in the next segment. Um, you you tweeted something really interesting that David Beckham's yeah. uh, into Miami, uh, which is uh, taking over the wonderful old Lockhart Stadium. Not so much the stadium itself. I believe it's been bulldozed, but they're taking over the area, the ground, and they're going to build a new stadium. Have declined to use the name Lockhart Stadium for the new stadium, and in many respects have sort of turned their back and turned up their nose on the rich history of the, uh, that, that part of soccer, that that part of Florida, 
and more importantly, that stadium itself have contributed to the growth of the game here in the United States. It's a crying shame, Kartik. But like all of MLS, it's... they want to pretend that football in America started in 1996. Yeah, it, it's it's a crime is what it is. It's a crime against uh, football. It's very near and dear to me. That's where I became a football fan, was on in that ground as a ball boy uh, at a young age when I was six years old, seven years old, eight years old, serving as a ball boy. Um, the last team that played professionally in that stadium three years ago, I was their 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 uh, media relations director. So it's and everything in between the thirty years in between. I I had a link to that stadium. MLS wants to pretend like they created the sport. They want to wipe out everything on the grassroots level in the markets that they decide to, to, to go into. They want to put out a business to youth academies. That's a new thing because they used to not care about player development, but now they see that there's money yeah. in that. So they want to take out all the local youth clubs. They want to take out all the local amateur clubs. They want to displace uh, supporters of those clubs that have their own independent thoughts. They want to replace uh, wipe out the history and any discussion of the history because lo and behold, there was football in this country before they came uh, and created the, the, the single entity model here. And they want to, uh, to, to, to uh, educate fans or re-educate fans. And they, they depend on very young, naive fans with no historical perspective whatsoever. So those are the same fans who are saying, well, everyone in Europe, it's the same they same teams every year. Well, tell me what AC Milan's won in the last five or six years uh, to those people. Uh, honestly, it, it is – they there is it's almost like a gateway drug, though, Nick, because there are people who become MLS fans. They parrot these arguments. They say, oh, we have the most competitive league in the world, and, you know, we do such a great job of developing players, and our teams are doing this. And, you know, if, if they have to travel the way our teams did and, and all of this nonsense, you know, the guy last year who had an argument with me saying that uh, the best, the worst team in Serie A was worse than the worst team in MLS. I, I just I couldn't I couldn't continue the conversation with the guy if that's his his premise. You, you're not going to find any common ground with someone like that. But eventually, Nick, these people tend to graduate if they really love football. They turn on a Premier League match. Then they see, oh, my gosh, this is actually not what they told me it is. This is a lot better. Then, you know, they, they, they watch a La Liga match after that. Hey, you know, this is uh, more competitive than they told me it would be. And then within a year or two, they're watching the Premier League. They're watching La Liga or watching Serie A, and they're not watching MLS. It's happened to a lot of people. So I don't. I have hope for everybody. I don't want to say I'm condemning everybody, but there is there there is another side of this, and um, we are trying to show you the way. We're trying. We're trying. Not maybe not succeeding, but we are trying. Uh, all right. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it, we we talk about putting everything into historical perspective, and I was talking about the cyclical nature of the game. I mean, I'm just going to give some examples. Liverpool dominated the 70s and the 80s. They haven't won a title since 89, a domestic league title since 89. Yes, they've won three, Euro three European titles, one UEFA Cup, two Champions Leagues since, uh, since 89, and that's quite an achievement. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea were days from going bankrupt. Manchester City, Manchester City used to be the joke of Manchester, okay? Uh, they were... Uh, the poor redheaded stepchild compared to Manchester United in in, in footballing terms. Um, Arsenal were always a dominant team. Uh, Tottenham were on and off not particularly uh, well spoken for in in recent memory. Um, 
Manchester United dominated the Premier League for a good 15-year period. Give or take, right, Kartik? 15 years, 12 years? Yeah, how about Everton in the 1980s? Yeah, Yeah. Everton in the 80s. Real Madrid uh, up until the last couple of years in the Champions League, dominating year after year. Barcelona never won a Champions Yeah, Barcelona never won much until the, the early 1990s. They were... Uh, they were the Rebel Club, right? They were the Catalan Club, but they were in Real Madrid shadow. They were even in the shadow of other Spanish clubs until then. Let's not forget that. All right. So let's not forget history. Put everything in perspective. And also put us in perspective. Get a Sharpie. Open your calendar. Write us in every day. Not in pencil, in Sharpie. You make us a regular part of your week, Nick and Kartik. History Soccer, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. We will be right back. All right, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer. Nick Carter, you. We promised we'd get into our champion, pardon me, our Champions League, our Premier League breakdown for matches this weekend. But before then, you know, the NFL is back. And at the end of the hard week, it's just great to sit down, take a little time off, watch some Premier League, watch some NFL. But you know what? Those game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, the running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. Oh, there's nothing quite like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to have a small bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book, and I can attest to that. By the way, great Premier League betting also on MyBookie.ag. Don't forget, where, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie.ag, it's the best in the biz. It's where I play. It's where you should do. And look, I wouldn't be telling you this to do this if they weren't the best, if your money wasn't safe, if you weren't going to have a good time. Join now. MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code 5STREET. That's promo code 5STREET to activate the offer. That's promo code 5STREET. Visit MyBookie.ag today. And Kartik, with that in mind, uh, I know we do have a lot of our listeners like to have a small punt or two. Shall we assist them in getting it right for the weekend? Yes, we should. Put on your Nostradamus hat or your Swami hat, whatever we said the other day. I believe it was the Miss Cleo outfit. Oh, yeah, that, right. I'm not sure Call I want to see Call me now this, for your man. free reading. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with the Friday match, shall we? It's Southampton uh, at Bournemouth. This one's at St. Mary's. Um, these are two teams that are struggling for a bit of identity uh, Bournemouth have had a, a not too shabby, I would say. Uh, you know, uh, Bournemouth uh, could certainly surprise. Uh, Southampton also are a team that uh, right now, though, are in uh, need, I would say, uh, mid-table, both ninth and 10th, 10th spot. Uh, but Southampton, I think, have the better start to the season, wouldn't you say, uh, Kartik? Um, yeah, and I think Southampton are going to get better um, as, as the season wears on. I like what Hassan Hootenl is doing. They're playing a very attractive style of football. I, I think the mistake he made early in the season was he thought 
uh, he could play Nathan Redmond. Uh, he wanted him to get more touches, right? Obviously, because he's such a dynamic yeah. player. He, so we played him centrally, but uh, a player of that size, right? Uh, that body type gets marked out of games easily in the middle of the pitch. Moved him back wide. Uh, they've been looking good since. So I, I, yeah, I tend to think that they're they're probably the better bet here. Um, but uh, uh, Bournemouth have gotten results without playing as well as we know they're capable of playing. Ryan Frazier finally had a decent match. Now, he was one of, to me, one of the better players in the league last year that didn't play for Liverpool or Man City. Um, said Darby also, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go, I'm going to go draw 1-1. Well, I'm going to go draw two, and I'll tell you why. Because actually, since 2017, Bournemouth have ne- have yet to beat Southampton. Uh, also, Bournemouth have had a bit of a torrid time. I mean, they, they had victories over what Villa and Everton, which was a big result. Uh, Southampton beating Sheffield United away, uh, also beating uh, Brighton away. But the, their losses came to United. Their losses came to Liverpool. Of course, the opening season loss against Burnley was a bit disappointing. Right. Um, you know, it's at Southampton. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Hmm. I think I'm gonna take a draw along along with you on this one, Kartik. Okay, great. I mean, it, 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 it's hard. I'm just trying to look. They're both. Yeah, draw. So let's move on to the next one, shall we? <laughs> Make it quick. Yeah. We'll go on to the next match. That's the Friday match. We're predicting a draw uh, between. Uh, Southampton, Bournemouth, uh, Leicester Spurs at the King Power Stadium. Look, this is a match I am really, really looking forward to. Uh, Brendan Rodgers versus Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, Spurs, who we talked about, who are an absolute, you just never have a clue which Spurs team is showing up on any given day. We saw that in the Champions League midweek. Of course, Spurs do have a did have a Champions League uh, game midweek. Uh, but, you know, they had a resounding victory against Palace. They had that Draw against Arsenal, where they just absolutely capitulated, but that was a way. Then they had the loss to Newcastle, the draw to City, and the opening day sort of 3-1 against Villa. Tottenham are pretty bloody awful. Leicester City, on the other hand, you know, they just suffered their first defeat at the hands of Man United. It was only 1-0. I like Leicester City for this match, believe it or not. And I think uh, it's at the King Power. Oh, I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1 Leicester City. What do you think, Kartik? Yeah. Uh, I, and then Spurs, you're going to be inching towards crisis um, status. I'm going to say, yeah, 2-1 Leicester City. But the thing I want to caution everybody about Leicester on is that they are an exceedingly young team. We haven't seen young. Yes, a team are. with this young core uh, compete in the, in the Premier League's upper echelons for a long, long time. Uh, so... Uh, since, of course, Alan Hansen famously said you don't win anything with kids, and then Manchester United went on to with like <laughs> seven titles <laughs> in the next eight years, something like that. But um, right. but no, they're exceedingly young, so they're going to be inconsistent patches uh, with this team. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think they win this. I think Spurs are just in a bad place right now. I think they are too. But you know, if Spurs do lose this match, uh, you're right. I think it is crisis mode uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, and I would. Uh, really be interested to see you know what is going to happen if they do uh burnley norwich at turf more mm. you know oftentimes when a team comes off a massive result it's hard for them to motivate this is an away match they're going to turf more 
to play. Uh, I I think they lose. Yeah, I like Burnley in this match. Sean I like Burnley a winning these types of matches. Yeah, I agree. He, he, he really um, he really is. I mean, they've only had one win all season. That was against Southampton, but you know they've. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a draw, a Burnley victory. I, I I don't see Norwich winning this match. No way. Yeah. And I could be wrong, of course. I agree. But let's I just agree. say, I, too, I'm going to say draw. Yeah, now I'm going to say Burnley No, no, I'm going to go Burnley. I'm going to go Burnley win. Burnley. Let's go Burnley. Go All right. Uh, Everton, Sheffield United. Look, interestingly enough, Everton, uh, another team that, you know, we're not really talking about them. <laughs> Very much, but they but they are very quietly having a crap season. <laughs> you know, they are they really underachieving. Are. I mean, yeah. The the thing that I was told by uh, someone the other day is that you would be hard pressed. Uh, you know, maybe FC Schalke would be the other team, although they did finish one year uh, second in the Bundesliga, but they're generally finishing outside the top four or top six. Uh, Schalke, along with Everton, are the two most underachieving teams in Europe. The last. Uh, five years and i thought i'm like has everton really underachieved and then i thought about it it's like yeah they have they i mean uh, they, they keep spending more on on transfers than any team in the relative area they're in in the premier league table in fact they've spent more on transfers than than spurs have uh over the last couple of years probably more than uh uh well maybe not more than than arsenal but they um they're not getting the kind of return on their investment marco silva teams uh, are, are notoriously bad defensively, and that's continued. So um, uh, they'll win this match because they're playing Sheffield United at home, and there'll be another false dawn for them. And then whoever they play next week, they'll get beat by. You know, when I look at Everton this season, I mean, their two victories were they, they, they beat Wolves by one goal at home, okay? They let Wolverhampton right. Wanderers score two goals uh, at Goodison Park, and, and they beat Watford by 1-0. I mean, right. you know, these aren't exactly resounding victories. It makes yeah. makes me wonder. And, of course, Sheffield, you know, Sheffield on the other side, you know, newly promoted team. I mean, look, they uh, they lost to Southampton 1-0. They lost to Sheffield. They lost, pardon me, Southampton 1-0. They, they drew Chelsea 2-2. They lost to Leicester by only one goal. They lost to Palace by only one goal. And they drew Bournemouth opening day of the season. It's really uh, almost their polar opposites here. Um, you know, I, I'm semi-inclined to think this could be a draw. It could be. I mean, but Everton just needs Everton this result. But, but see, the thing Everton yeah. seems to be doing the last few seasons is that when they do have a couple of bad – when they have a bad result, they come back with a good result. That's the, That's been the pattern – the last few years yeah, so they had a horrible result last week so they'll end up winning this right. game and it'll be like i said it'll be another false dawn and everybody will be talking how uh, is best week they'll get beat by i don't know who they play next week but i'm, I'm already telling you they'll lose that match who everton play the week who, who they play the week after yeah i don't know is who that, they yeah. play but they're, they're yeah. gonna lose I, yeah so yeah um, all right well i'll tell you what that's a all right, well, let's agree on consensus here on an Everton win. Uh, it could be a draw, but I'm likely to say an Everton win. Yeah, it is yeah, a good it could be a draw. It could be a draw. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go to the Etihad for the next game. Uh, very simply, I'm going to say this very quickly, uh, Man City win. And look for a lot of goals, please. Um, yeah, it'll be a uh, this response will be from... Uh, a, this, yeah, this will be a four-something victory. Yeah, it'll just be victory. a response. They're going to beat them. Yeah. 
I agree with Jurgen yeah, agree. Klopp, uh, who said that uh, Man City are the best team in football, and I do still agree with him. Um, <laughs> they're not infallible, uh, but a team like Watford isn't gonna isn't gonna get it done at the Etihad. Uh, let's go to St James's Park. Uh, Newcastle will face Brighton Hove Albion. This is another fairly interesting one because Newcastle have also. I mean, they had that big victory against Spurs, but I mean, ever since then, what? They drew Watford, which is shameful in and of itself, and they got tonked by Liverpool. Uh, Brighton, on the other hand, I, I don't know. They concede a lot of goals. Uh, this it's could just, be a bit of a goal fest. No, this is a very important match uh, uh, early in the season. I Newcastle's at home. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to go... I, the safe thing to do here is go draw, and if it's a draw, that's a point gained for Brighton because it's away from home um, in the relegation fight. This is a big game, actually. I, this is a six-pointer already, already, two sides. I'll go one I think Newcastle – no, I'm going to say Newcastle going to win this. You're going to say Newcastle? Okay. I could buy that. Yeah. That's That was my inclination. I'm just thinking maybe Brighton – this is a big game. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, this is, yeah. you know, we, we're going to talk for people who are new to the Premier League or new to European football. We, we're going to talk a lot about relegation six pointers. This might be your first really big one of the season. Very possibly. Let's uh, jump to Sunday. Uh, Selhurst Park, uh, Palace hosting Wolves. This is so bad. Uh, another one. I mean, Wolves should be fantastic, and they're, they're just horrible. Um, Palace Europe is taking a up. chunk out of them. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Uh, Palace, but you know what? Palace is going to win this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this I is going to be a Palace victory. This is a Selhurst Park. Palace going to win it. Yeah, uh, Wolves United are another team travel- that- Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say Wolves are another team that have not figured out how to balance their squad playing in Europe. So they'll lose right. this we, game. We, we just got one minute left. So let's go. Uh, uh, do we have one minute or do we have two minutes? We have... Uh, oh, we have one minute. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, West Ham Man United at the London Stadium. I say draw. I'm going to go draw with this one. I like West Ham. Uh, this is my big upset. You like West Ham. I think they're playing Arsenal. well. It's at the London Stadium. And uh, we've seen United, who have not played terribly, uh, but United drop points away from home. I, I, I think West Ham are fit for the first time in about a year. They got their full squad finally. Um, I think they're going to win this match. And that's not a shot at, Uni- uh, at Man United. I just think West Ham, as I said earlier in the week, I think they could be in the top six this year. All right, well, we're just about out of time. Uh, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll give you our take on Arsenal, Villa, Chelsea, Liverpool. We're only going to have a couple of minutes to do it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer. Nick and Carter, just a couple of minutes left. We've got two matches still to get to. Uh, for the weekend, let's make it quick. Arsenal Villa at the Emirates, uh, Kartik. I am going to say an Arsenal win. Yeah, Arsenal should win this. Villa uh, can't even win at home, it seems like. Uh, a lot of new signings. They just haven't bedded in very well yet. Uh, they'll get All better, right. but they're not there yet. All right, we didn't have a chance to really get into this match. We just have a couple seconds left. Chelsea-Liverpool. I know everybody's saying this is the match Liverpool drop points. I don't actually think so. I think defensively Chelsea can't handle Liverpool. Uh, it may be a decent scoring game with some goals, but I see Liverpool winning this one, and I might even say it's going to be a 3-2 scoreline. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think it'll be 3-1 three, three, or 3-2. Uh, the best chance Chelsea had, the guy that was going to fire them to a victory was Mason Mount. He's out. He's hurt. Uh, that's a huge blow for Chelsea. And now they're going to be relying on kind of uh, less less quick, less dynamic players in the attack to complement Tammy Abraham. Uh, their back line is bad, as you said. No Angola Conte for this match again. Uh, Rudiger is just coming back from injury. I like Liverpool. Yep, I do too. All right, those are our picks. We kind of rushed through them, but uh, we hope you caught them anyway. Uh, we will repost some of these uh, before the weekend, uh, before the weekend matches on our Twitter uh, account at Fifth Street Sports. Be sure to check it out. If you're following us, if you like to place a small wager, uh, it's always a good idea to check us out on Twitter at Fifth Street Sports. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you will make us a regular part of your week, Monday through Friday. 9 Eastern, right here, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Series XM 211. Uh, we will be back next time. In the meantime, enjoy the football and don't forget to follow us on social media. Cheers. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.